Um, okay, before I begin, um, I, I need to pray. This is a tough passage. Lord, as I share a reflection on this difficult passage from Mark's gospel, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Now this passage is, you can stop sharing the screen. We don't need to see that. I'd like to see as many people as I can on the screen while I'm talking. Now, this passage is such a horrible one. It almost feels like it belongs in one of these unrated Netflix series. Although on the other hand, we know those of us who watch the news and uh, pay attention to the news reports that come out of places of war, we know that all too well that the dark side of human nature is still very real and not fiction at all. Just this last week, in a secular version of speaking truth to power, the uh, famous crime writer, Peter R. de Vries, was gunned down at a coffee shop or a, you know, a cafe in Amsterdam because he had been putting together a, a dossier, an expose of a crime family, an organized crime thing. And you know they have power because they're organized and they use guns and all kinds of things to suppress people. In recent history, we know that there have been more than one journalist who's actually been killed trying to get the story of truth out into the world. But let's get back to our gospel reading. This is the story of the second Herod, Herod Antipas. And it's one which actually could be a cautionary lesson to all of us. My life application study Bible says that he was a man who experienced both guilt and shame. Now, I suspect that the majority of the, the adults here who are watching have experienced maybe on even more than one occasion guilt or being ashamed of something they've done. He felt that guilt and that shame because he knew that he had done wrong. He decided he wanted to marry somebody else's wife, in this case, his half-brother, Philip. He married Herodias. And at some point later, John the Baptist came out to baptize in the Jordan, and he pe preached a baptism of repentance. And it's clear from what we've read that John told Herod and Herodias that they were wrong and that they needed to be repent because what they had done was wrong in the eyes of God. It's clear that Herodias didn't like having truth spoken into her, into her life. That's why Herod arrested John. The text states that Herodias wanted to kill John, but in verse 20, it says, Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man and he protected him. I find this next sentence telling, when he heard him, he was greatly perplexed and yet he liked to listen to him. I find myself wondering if it hadn't been for Herodias, for his misguided desire for her, might Herod have been a different person? 
this a case where a sin early on that wasn't repented of actually ended up leading to a much greater and horrific sin? Well, Herodias wanted to kill him, and she found her opportunity later. She used her daughter as a pawn to get what she wanted. Now, yes, there is this confusion about the names. We have the Herod, who is the king. We have a Herodias, the king's wife, and a Herodias, the daughter of Herod and Herodias. But in the story, the daughter dances, the father wants to indulge the daughter, the daughter wants to please her mother and ask the mother what she should ask for. And then she's probably a teenager. And so she adds her extra little flourish of on a tray, on a platter. Hmm. And then the father's stuck because he doesn't want to embarrass himself in front of his guests. Sounds a bit dysfunctional to me. We get to this next part. Verse 26, it says, the king was deeply grieved. And yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. So Herod actually did what he didn't want to do because he allowed his pride to get in the way of doing the right thing. We meet Herod one more time in the gospel records in Luke 23. Um, Jesus had been brought before Pilate who said, well, I don't find any basis for charging this man. And, but he found out that Jesus was a Galilean and so he sent him to uh, Herod. And reading from uh, verse eight. Now, when Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped that he would see him perform a sign or something. He asked him many questions, but Jesus gave no answer. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. And then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed him and mocked him. They dressed him in an elegant robe and they sent him back to Pilate. And from then on, Herod and Pilate were friends, even though they used to be enemies. Okay, so again, we have a situation where Herod seems to show some superficial signs of interest. He hoped to see him perform signs, but then it fizzles out because Jesus was not going to play this little game that Herod wanted to play. So Herod became like a spoiled bully, we all know the type from school who is just cruel and mocking because he can be. All in all, this story of Herod is really an ugly one. And it's actually just so easy to look down upon him and upon his wife and upon their daughter. However, this morning, I want to actually look at the ways in which we can examine our own lives with regard to the scripture passage. Is it possible that maybe like Herod, I heard somebody pointing something out to me, maybe using the Bible, maybe in a sermon that made me think that something that I had done was wrong and I didn't like it. And so I got angry at that person. Have I skirted around the person just pushing them away? Or maybe I wanted to hear more, but 
never really wanted to admit that I might have done something wrong. Or maybe like Herodias, the mother, the wife, I've done things in the past that I knew were wrong. In her case, it was having some out of bounds ambition, deciding she'd rather be married to the king than to the king's brother. Maybe I don't want to be reminded of those things that happened a long time ago. Or maybe like Herodias, the daughter, I've gotten caught up in something I don't actually really understand, but I'm trying to be one of the cool kids. And so I've said or done something that was just downright cool or vicious because I was trying to get people to be happy with me and like me. Or maybe like Herod again, I've rashly said that I would do something. And then when it seemed wrong, I was more concerned about saving face than I was about doing the right thing. Or maybe like the royal family here, life has just been so good and so easy for me that I think I actually deserve to have everything exactly the way I want it. And it never occurs to me that just because I want something, it might not be the right thing. Now, just so you know, I'm saying all these things because these are the things that I could actually identify little bits of in myself. Pride, lack of willingness to be corrected, the desire to be one of the cool kids, my complacency. This story ends really badly, but I find myself wondering what might have happened if there had actually been some repentance earlier on, a different response to being told about sin. Now, as it turns out, the Bible has a great story about somebody who actually listened to a prophet speaking truth to power. In 2 Samuel 11, we hear the story about what happened when another king decided he wanted somebody else's wife. You might remember the story. It's David seeing Bathsheba. David desiring Bathsheba. David having Bathsheba. David getting Bathsheba pregnant. David deciding to kill Uriah, Bathsheba's actual husband. Except there's a difference. Reading on in chapter 12, the prophet Nathan came to David and told a story, a parable, if you will, about another man who had sinned. David responded with much self-righteous anger and claiming this man should be put to death for his sin. And Nathan turns around and says, you are this man. And David responds, I have sinned against the Lord. And that is as simple as that. Repentance is about recognizing when someone is speaking a hard truth into our lives and responding by turning away from our sin and turning to God. When it comes down to it, we want to be like David, who 
really the biblical tales that are told about him. He was not a perfect man. He made a lot of mistakes. He had some dysfunctionality in his family. And yet, and yet, he is remembered as a man after God's own heart. We all know at least one David. In fact, there are at least two in our congregation. But it's not so common for a mother to name her son Herod, is it now? And there's a good reason for that. We want to be like David. And so we need to do what David did again and again and again, however much we need it. So we're about to shift to the next part of the Lord's Prayer, that forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us part. And as we prepare for this, I've asked the elders to lead us again, um, this time in a song that has been taken from Psalm 51, which is what David wrote in the wake of recognizing his own sin and repenting of it. As we listen, maybe even sing along, I pray that we can all be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance, trusting in him to show us maybe the little sins in our lives that we need to turn from so that they don't grow to become big ones. Amen. Mm -hmm. 